There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Because, you know, we all owe money. Your mortgage, your car, your whatever, your credit card, let's say, your student loan. So we all owe money. You're not going to jail and there, there are ways to manage it and pay it off. We've spoken about this before in previous episodes on collections. The fact is we can learn an incredible amount from the mistakes we make. But too often in lending businesses, we don't build the feedback loops that are needed to bring lessons back from collections to originations. Welcome to How to Lend Money to Strangers. I'm your host, Brendan LaGrange, and I've been working in consumer lending for the last 20 years, delivering projects in Africa, Asia, and Europe, and now as the Chief Solution Architect at ConfirmU, a fintech that's gamifying access to credit among the unbanked. Check out our story in episode 24 of this show. But if we can learn from collections, then it stands to reason we can learn even more from the companies that specialize in helping consumers when loans go wrong, like the New York-based DebtMD, whose founder and CEO, James Lambridis, is here with me today. James Lambridis, welcome to the show. You have an undergraduate degree in finance from Penn State and an MBA from NYU Stern, so all the typical qualifications of a banker. And yet the last decade or so of your career has been spent, some might say, on the other side of the fence, helping consumers to push back against the bankers. That's probably a little bit of an aggressive description, but certainly helping troubled debtors to extract themselves from bad credit situations and take control of their own debt. So let's start with that interesting contrast. Could you expand a little bit on your background and what got you to move into this world of debt solutions? For sure. So before launching DebtMD, Brandon, I worked, uh, as you said, in the debt relief industry for five years. My job was to advise people as to what their best option was to pay off their debt, predominantly credit cards and then some medical bills and student loans. So every day for five years, I would speak with people both in person and on the phone, assess their financial situation, and then recommend a solution based off their unique circumstances. So what I found from doing that every day, because, you know, as you can imagine, when you speak to the same type of person or same type of customer every day for five years, you begin to glean insights on them, right? So people in debt, they're stressed out, they're under time constraints to find a solution. Many of them are misinformed as to what their best option is to become debt-free. So that got me thinking, 
you know, how can I improve this situation, make it easier for them to find a solution? And that's ultimately when I thought of the idea for DebtMD. So I wrote a business plan, raised some capital, and then we built and launched the platform. Well, one of the things you have is certainly quite an in-depth blog um, section on your website with quite a few good articles. And one of them that I've seen up there quite recently was a stat that 74 million Americans have more credit card debt than savings. So this really is a huge, I don't want to say problem, but a, a huge section of the market that need to be thinking strategically about their debt. One question I did have was, do you work primarily or exclusively with consumers who've got problems with their debt that they know of? So consumers that are already in delinquency or already struggling to make payments? Or do you also work with consumers who are just acknowledging that, look, I'm paying all my debts, but I've got a lot of them. And I'm sure there's a better solution. I just don't quite know how to solve it. That's a great question. So to answer it, honestly, both, because um, you do have that first group of people that you mentioned where, you know, they're really struggling, they, they have average to poor credit, they they can barely keep up with all their, their debt payments. And for people like that, there's solutions, whether it's a credit counseling or debt relief. But then you have people who, yeah, they may have a, a little bit of, uh, of unsecured debt, but their, their credit's good, but they're just looking to lower their interest rate and lower their monthly payment. And if they have good credit, they're able to do so. Because if the average interest rate on a credit card today, I believe is like 19%. So why pay 19% interest if you could consolidate your debt with a loan, lock yourself at say 7%, so you could save hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on that debt and, and pay it off in a reasonable time frame, instead of kind of spinning your wheels, paying on the in individual credit cards. So in the end, whether you're, you have bad credit or great credit, it comes down to making a wise financial decision so you can ultimately become debt-free in a short period of time. So that's what it comes down to. And before we deep dive a bit of how DebtMD is helping, let's take a consumer's point of view here quickly. What are some of the common routes into trouble that you see from your bird's eye view of the market? Are there certain specific events or choices or even mistakes that people are making to lead them to need the assistance of someone like you? For sure. And we've actually done some research on this. The top you know, reasons why people fall into debt, number one is a job loss. We've also seen you know, a lot of people that get divorced end up in debt because you go from like two incomes to one, and then you might have to pay child support, alimony. So that's another big one. And then the third one is like a medical uh, emergency. You know, stuff happens in life, as we all know. And, you know, if you have to get rushed to the emergency room, you know, you're in the UK, but here in the US, a lot of people don't have health insurance or aren't completely covered. So when you have that medical emergency, a lot of times, unfortunately, you're stuck with massive medical bills. And a lot of people end up either taking out loans or, or charging the, the medical bills on credit cards. Those are the three major life events that we've seen that cause people to go in debt. Which is quite interesting because, you know, there's still, I would say, a stigma around getting yourself into this sort of financial trouble. And the assumption would be that, oh, these are people who've overborrowed. They've 
spent excessively on trivial items. And of course, there are people who struggle with spending on their credit cards. But it's also clear that these are just a lot of the factors that all of us face. As you say, we're all liable to hit by a medical emergency. Things like divorce, obviously, sort of one in two couples will go through. But, you know, a lot of the headlines now, buy now, pay later, and whether it's going to encourage young people to overspend, where it sounds like we also need to be thinking a lot more about the other changes, unforeseen events, bigger events, where it's less of a, a bad habit and more of where you need some help to get back on your feet. Yeah, for sure. And there is this negative stigma for people in debt. There are a lot of people who they overextend themselves, they spend more than they bring in. You know, unfortunately, those people end up in debt as well. But if there's one point I want to get across. Sometimes it's people are unlucky. They, they have these emergencies and, and getting into debt is a result of that. And I think that if we go looking for silver linings in something like COVID, one of those silver linings might be that it's normalized collections to some extent. It's certainly normalized going to your lender and asking for some assistance in repaying your debt. We've had people that are losing their jobs. We've had people who've had their hours cut. On the other hand, we've had people who've benefited from government programs or simply because they couldn't spend, you know, saved money during the crisis. But you've got a better view of that than I do. What have you seen through COVID, through all the way that this has maybe changed the debt environment? Yeah, and believe it or not, actually, during COVID, we in the US, I can only speak for the US, but we actually saw one of the biggest pay downs of credit card debt, unsecured debt in a long time. I want to say 10 or 20 years with the lockdowns, people couldn't really go out and spend money with the federal unemployment benefits. Some people were actually getting more income than they were at their job. So what a lot of people did was pay down their debt. And then the government did implement these grace periods, especially with student loans. President Biden actually just extended that uh, up until May again. Not to mention there was a freeze on for sure rent. And I believe you, you could get approved to not pay your mortgage. So that gave people the opportunity with no expenses, really. Everything's closed. Everything's locked down. Why not pay down some debt? So that's kind of surprising. You think, oh, everything's so bleak with COVID, which let's be real, it kind of was. But you know, the one positive is that a lot of people were able to pay down some debt. Yeah. And I think that pattern is repeated in, in many markets, certainly in the UK as well, where payment holidays or mortgages were the most publicized first step. And for most people who have a mortgage, that's your biggest monthly expense. So it only took one or two months of not paying your mortgage to pay down your other debts. Now, some people took it because they lost their jobs and they needed the extra money, but others simply took the payment holiday, used the spare capital to pay down their credit cards and are in a better position. It'll be interesting to see, was this just a pay down that everyone benefits and they start to build back up again, or will this change behaviors? But yeah, an interesting time certainly to be in the side of the market. Clearly, there's a number of reasons that consumers have got into the situation where they're asking for some help with managing their debt. Let's talk about how DebtMD provides that help. What services do you do? What does it look like to work with DebtMD? We're the platform that connects people with the professional help they need to become debt-free. We help people with credit cards, medical bills, and student loans. So the user, they'll go onto our platform. 
We have what's called our smart debt analyzer. It asks the user questions about their types of debt, total debt, what their main goals are, whether it's you know lower their monthly payment, lower their interest rate, boost their credit score. And then based off the answers to those questions, we connect them with the relevant company or companies that can best assist them with their debt. There's no one-size-fits-all solution for anyone in debt. Everyone's got a different credit score. Everyone's got a different income. Everyone's got different financial goals. So we want to lay out their options in front of them, You know the pros and cons of each, whether it's credit counseling, debt settlement, a loan. We want to be that educational partner, inform them on, on all these options because once again, a lot of people aren't sure the difference between those three. And then ultimately, they can decide for themselves what's best. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that we've seen a lot of apps on the front end helping you to better understand which credit card will give you the best air miles return. But you're filling that same sort of role at the back end saying, look, you've taken on these various products. A lot of them have terms and conditions you probably haven't read and yeah, none of us do. <laughs> no. Then you're not coming in from a debt is bad approach or, you know, there's an industry here in the UK, I'm sure it's in the uh, around the world as well, where people will come in and say, okay, well, we can get your debt written off. And it will cause quite a lot of knock-on impacts. People don't fully understand. Whereas you've taken this neutral approach and sometimes that approach is, yeah, he has a debt consolidation loan, which is, you know, this is still taking on credit. And sometimes it's okay, we need to make a payment plan, but it's not a uh, out the door, we want to get all this debt written off and we want to make the lender suffer. One of the things that I saw again on, on your blog when I was scrolling through it the other day, though, was a warning about scams to look out for in debt repayment services. What other things do people need to be aware of? Yep. Unfortunately, like the debt settlement industry is widely known for having a lot of scams. If you're looking into like debt settlement, debt relief, if there's companies that they say they do not charge you any fees, I would run away as fast as I can because in the end, whether it's a lender or a credit counseling agency, any company on the planet, they're in the business of making money. If they're telling you that they're not charging any fees, that that's a red flag and I, I would not do business with them. And then you have some companies that offer like some form of money back guarantees. Usually this is with debt settlement as well. You're not buying like vacuum cleaner. If it doesn't work, they're, they're going to give you your money back. This is your financial future at stake here. So once again, that's, that's another major red flag. And then I guess I'll leave it at, and, uh, I know you're, you know, you're in the lending industry, but some people can't get a, a traditional loan from a, a traditional lender. So they end up going the payday loan route. And, you know, I don't know how it's still legal, but a lot of people do get payday loans. You're talking like hundreds of percent interest and you literally keep paying and paying and paying and, and the principal never goes away. Yeah, you, you get to pay off credit cards, but you, you put yourself in a worse financial situation. So those are the three main red flags I would watch out for. Yeah, on the, the payday lending industry, as you said, that it's a quick win until suddenly it just builds up and builds up. One one thing I'm interested in is, if I've, if I've got this right, somebody will come engage you and say, look, here's my debt situation, and you'll help them solve that problem today. And sometimes that's enough, because as we said, sometimes it's just through divorce or medical emergency or student debt that's got them where they are. But for other people where it might be more of bad spending habits, 
are there other tools that you provide to help them in the longer run? I've seen, as we mentioned already a few times, you've got that great blog and you, you put out a lot of good content, but how else can you perhaps build these strong habits so that they don't fall into the same situation down the line? I feel like most people keep some type of spreadsheet or budget to see what's coming in, what's going out. But we've actually built out basically this debt analysis, personal finance spreadsheet. As long as you input your debt correctly with your monthly payments, you can see exactly what you're paying out each month. You know, If you keep paying X dollars, this is how long it's going to take you to pay off. And we send it to anyone who subscribes to our email list, you know, because when you have four or five credit cards, the bills are coming and then that one comes 10 days later. You never really have a good snapshot. You know, you just keep paying and you don't really think about it, right? And a lot of people have automatic payments set up. So it doesn't occur to them with this personal finance analysis spreadsheet. They can see exactly what they're paying. When you have like 20,000 or 30,000 in debt, you'd be surprised. People are paying $1,000, $1,500 a month in just minimum payment. When you put it in front of somebody's face and they see how much they're paying, that's when they know they really need to do something, get a loan to pay it off or do it on their own. Minimize your expenses, take on another job. But the point being is doing nothing is like probably one of the worst things you can do. Yeah. It's, and it's a message that's come up in a few interviews I've done with people in collections where we'd all have this fear of being yelled at. It meant that you'd scramble and try and make solutions. You'd take out this payday loan or you would go down to minimum payment and then maybe you'd take another credit card at minimum payment, all in the hope you could solve this without having to be yelled at. Nobody ever spoke to their lender until it was far too late. But as collections has modernized and certainly COVID has helped here again, you know, making it online, making ways to communicate without the embarrassment of a face-to-face or a phone call, trying to make it so consumers do have that conversation early on. Because as you said, the worst thing you can do is nothing. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And I think that's one thing I want to pick up on here now because as you mentioned, I've always worked in lending. And I think one big systematic problem we have there is that we don't have a very good feedback loop at an individual level. So we would build a model for a a lending product and we would look at the risk profile and we'd say on this portfolio, so let's say if we issue 10,000 loans, as long as less than 2% of them go delinquent, we're making profit. And then we'd roll out the product and we'd measure the risk. And as long as less than 2% is going bad, 
we never really think about it, but every one of those people who do go delinquent, for them individually, it's usually some sort of personal trauma. Not every time, but I'd say, and maybe you do have some numbers, but the vast majority of people, something's gone wrong, they're upset about it, it's really stressful, it's traumatic, and they don't want to go through collections. No, never. But we kind of forget about them because, well, it's within within our target. For sure. But these consumers, no doubt, want lenders to think about it and actually say, how can you build a better product so that people don't go through that? And you will have had a unique experience of this. You know, we were supposed to learn from our mistakes. You can see the lending industry's mistakes often. Have you got any thoughts about how lenders should be designing their products or doing their marketing or managing their customers in a way that can be better for everybody. Yeah, and I'm sure as you know, every loan company markets the quote-unquote debt consolidation loan. That's like one of their big offerings. It's a buzz term and they market it you know, and everyone sees it. Now, the purpose of the debt consolidation loan is pay off their debt, right? Let's just say they paid off their credit cards. And I'd love you to chime in here. Can the lender who, who's offering that debt consolidation loan ask or somehow make the borrower close down their credit cards that they just paid off or refrain from using them? Because I've seen this firsthand where a person gets the loan, pays off their credit card, and then proceeds to charge them back up again. And that's a situation where they're most likely going to default if they have to now pay their credit cards and this new loan. So. You mentioned how can they make everyone better off? Is there a way to, you know, oh, you have to close the cards though, or you can't charge on them? Because once again, I think, you know, everyone benefits from that. One other thing, and I'm sure you definitely know more about this than I do, we're working on, it's almost done, but a machine learning application where we can actually predict what the optimal debt relief option is for a user dive deeper into their financial profile. Yeah, so I'll, I'll speak to your first one. When in the very early days, we, and this was partly because logistically, you couldn't easily do this, but we would manually take on the job of closing the consumer's account. So we'd say, bring your debt across to us, and we will close your either cards for you. And we could get away with that. But what happened then is, from a competition point of view, smooth the process, people would start giving up on that so now we have the situation where, exactly as you described, I will give you a debt consolidation loan, but your credit limit's still sitting there and it's in the back of your mind. And next thing you know, you've now just got the debt consolidation loan and your credit limit used up. That said, you know, can we stop it? It wouldn't be something that needs new technology. It certainly doesn't even need new networks. If we look at something like the gaming industry, you know, you can blacklist yourself. You can say, I don't want to, I don't want to gamble. There is in the, the credit bureau world, you can freeze your credit profile, which is usually a defense against identity fraud. I'm sure that same process could be worked. And we just need to tweak it a little bit that when somebody volunteers and says, look, this is what I want. My weakness is runaway spend. And I would like to be helped. Would there be ways around it? Yes, of course. So yeah, it's not perfect. But I think you're right that it shouldn't be that hard for a consumer who says, this is the the problem. Yeah, and you know, one last thought on that, where you tell people or you make people close out all their credit cards, that is going to impact their credit score. So that's why a lot of people are going to balk at that because 
credit score is important, but all these banks, they convey it like it's like your firstborn child, like God forbid it goes down three points. And once again, I'm not, I don't want to downplay it, but I don't think it's the end all be all when it comes to having good financial health. I think that's more so how much cash do you have in your, in your bank account? How much savings, investments, zero debt, most importantly. Yeah. And the last 10 years of my career were in credit bureaus. And I'm the biggest proponent of, look, your credit score, if you've missed a payment, you'll have a bad credit score. If you've never missed a payment, if you keep hitting your limits, you're kind of in the middle. But beyond that, it's largely irrelevant. The marketplace is such that if you qualify for a mortgage, there'll be competition, you'll get a good rate. If you want a credit card, you can get a credit card. Does your oldest account on record help? It helps a little, but it's it's not changing anything. The level of detail in a credit score is fantastic, but few lenders use it or can even use a strategy that deep. And we've wanted people to value the credit score. We want them to understand it's there. But one of the problems with the way we've talked about credit scores, if we've made them too personal, mathematically, when we do the credit score, right, we, we calculate it without knowing who you are. We strip away all those details. So it's not a judgment on you personally. What we're saying is, from the data we have in front of us, looking back, people with this pattern on average did this. And I think if we can get people to stop seeing it as that, what have I done wrong? I can be the most confident about you when I've got the most data. So if you have lots of credit cards you've paid, I can see that I can be a little bit more confident. But if I don't have that, it's not negative. It's just saying I'm a little bit less sure. And I think there is now a time where where we almost need to step back and say, okay, hey, we've maybe gone a bit too far. You can ease up a bit on your credit score. They fluctuate. They change on some things that are entirely irrelevant. Your credit bureau score is important, but there's other ways to measure your risk. There's other ways to measure your, your favorability. And let's yeah, you're right. What is your savings? What is your net wealth? What is How much do you owe people? How flexible are you to ride through a crisis? All of that is going to be more important to a lender than five points here or there. Uh, on a FICO score. And then, yeah, in terms of machine learning, I think one interesting thing with machine learning is that it's actually not used all that much in the credit bureau world because we're using very structured data that doesn't necessarily need machine learning. But it's been tried out in a lot more of these other scenarios, more like what you're saying. And I really think that's where it comes into its own because each month, well, probably each week, each day, maybe, Different products are being offered by the market. Different situations are presenting themselves. And that's really where something a lot more flexible comes in. To have a system who can do that, you don't have to go through feeling the stigma, feeling the embarrassment, feeling the stress. Throw it all at the machine. Come give me three solutions. I can pick the one I want from there. It's a clean process. And I think where we can take that trauma out move away from that school model where, you know, you've been naughty and now you must endure us shouting at you until you pass back. Uh, I'm still in the the lending industry, so I probably shouldn't be too aggressive on this note. But, you know, we can push back a little bit and see if no fraud was committed. This was a business decision that was taken. It's a profitable business decision overall for the lender. And don't take it too personally. Yep. And uh, a quote I heard a while back, it's not a crime to owe money. If it was, we'd all be in jail because, you know, we all owe money. Your mortgage, your car, 
your whatever, your credit cards, let's say, your student loans. So we all owe money. You're not going to jail and there, there are ways to manage it and pay it off. Uh, well, it, in my first episode, we did a history lesson in it. In the past, there were jails for this sort of thing. But yeah, I think that's a message that does need to be heard over and over. Or don't go wild just because. But a contract that was entered into in good faith, turns out you couldn't afford the debt or you got out of control. You know, that was a risk that was taken knowingly by the bank. So at some point, we do need to just get rid of that guilt. Um, But James, thank you very much. If consumers or anybody really wants to learn more about how to work with DebtMD, what's the best place for them to contact you or to learn more about your business? Our website is www.debtmd.com. We have a great blog with a lot of uh, free resources, calculators. And if you are somebody who isn't sure what to do with their debt, you know, feel free to take a look. And uh, Brendan, thank you for having me. I thought this was a great discussion. And yeah, hopefully we can do it again. Yeah, definitely. And thank you all for listening. If you haven't done so already, like, share and subscribe to the show. How to Lend Money to Strangers is written, hosted and edited by myself, Brendan LaGrange. The theme tune and show music is by I Am Wake. And you can find show notes, written transcripts, more in-depth articles and details on how to book me for speaking engagements at www.howtolendmoneytostrangers.show. I'll see you again next Thursday. me again. Just in case you've had your full of lending talk, did you know that I've also published two pulpy action-adventure thrillers? Draken and Butterfly Hill are both available as ebooks, paperbacks, and audiobooks from Amazon and other online retailers. They're not Shakespeare, but they're not expensive either, and Ford Clarion Reviews compared Draken to Clive Kessler turning Raiders of the Lost Ark into a shoot-em-up. Full disclosure, that was in a three-star review, so I'm not sure it was meant to be a compliment, but I think you get the picture. And hey, I have to move soon. So if you'd like a free copy, drop me an email on brendan at howtolendmoneytostrangers.show and I'll send one over to save myself from lugging it around again. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.